Let's get it, man. Combination, what up, what up, what up, everyone? Welcome to episode 254 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. You know the vibes. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. That's right. It's really important. Don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button. And shouts to everyone who subscribed already. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. Today's episode, Matt Babcock, lead NBA draft analyst for basketball news, returns to the show. We talk 2020 draft, 2021 draft, and even 2022 draft. Just a great conversation. Can't wait for you all to hear it. Check out Matt's work at basketballnews.com. Combo Nation, if you would like to become a Combos Court patron, that's right, to support the podcast even further. I left a link in the description for that. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Lead draft analyst for basketball news. I do my research. I know what I know what's going on, Matt. Come on, I know, I know, I know what you <laughs> welcome back to Combo's Court, man. How you been? No, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are things at basketball news, man? That's something new since we uh since we last spoke. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. You know, I mean, it's still pretty fresh. Um, you know, I started doing some stuff for them before the draft, uh, just sort of as you know, tiptoeing into a you know, more involved relationship with them and um, and it's been great. You know, I, I, I'm full force with them. We kind of just carried over the Babcock Coops operation, the basketball news, and we just got some additional okay. resources and uh, some support and stuff. And so we're, we're looking forward to, to really getting into the pre-draft process. Most definitely. We're definitely going to get into the draft. But I had to ask you this, Matt. I'm a New York City kid. Used to watch Soul in the Hole over and over again. Used <laughs> to watch, I mean, you're familiar with Booger. Uh, give the backstory. And what was that one year of playing college basketball like? for him i know you didn't play with him at the college level but what was it like for booger yeah so my you know my dad was in that movie um you know he was the head coach at arizona western when i was a kid we, we were in uh Huma, arizona for four years uh and he, you know he recruited a lot of the big markets uh, new york city being one of them and uh yeah he, he signed booger um you know play, playground legend and you know, so i think i was i think i was probably in fourth grade that year and wow you know, booger was so influential to me i mean you know taught me all of his tricks you know, ball handling tricks and whatnot. And it, it was just a lot of fun to, to watch him, uh, which, which I believe was the only time he's ever played organized basketball. Uh, just, just the best, best ball handler I've ever seen, uh, including, you know, uh, Ray for Alston, you know, skip, skip to my Lou, uh, which obviously skip, skip was incredible as well, but man, Booger would do some stuff with the ball. It's just, it, it blow your mind. And uh, you know, he was tiny. He was probably only like five, eight or something like that, but just had the ball on a string. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Great movie, for sure. All right, you know, last draft, we spoke, we had our general thoughts, and I think we both agreed that we were a little bit higher on the prospects in that draft than everyone else. What do you think about how a lot of those prospects this year have been playing? And then you could also get into what your general thoughts of this draft are. Well, I mean, as far as last draft, you know, I think one thing to keep in mind, at least this is how I look at things, is, you know, a lot of it is, is opportunity. You know, the players that are doing well are, are in roles that are allowing them to score and get shots and, and, and play. Uh, so, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to be too quick to judge one way or the other on players. 
uh, you know, I think two or three years, you know, is sort of a, a fair, you know, window uh, to, to really evaluate if we were right or wrong on guys. Um, right, you know, right. For example, I mean, like, you know, like, like quickly has done so well, you know, I, I was, I'll admit, I, I was too low on him, uh, but he's had a great opportunity in New York too. And he's hit shots and he's, he's really carving out a nice role for himself. Uh, Malachi Flynn was, you know, my guy, right. Go, going into the draft. Um, he, he's playing behind Van Vliet and, and Lowry. So he's not, he's not getting a chance to play much. I still have hope that, that, uh, you know, a guy like Malachi is still going to be a big time player. He just hasn't had the opportunity yet. Um, what, what was the second part of your question? General thoughts on this year's draft coming up. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've got that top five, which, which I think are big time. And it's sort of similar to last year in the sense there's a lot of parity towards the top. I mean, I think everybody is probably being a little too quick to call Cade the clear-cut number one. Oh, okay. um, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love Cade. Cade's big time. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's more of uh, giving credit to the, the, the other guys in that, that grouping. I mean, I think, I think Mobley's right there, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. Uh, and Kaminga is a big time prospect as well. Like in the minds of an NBA decision maker, like how far is that gap between Cade and everybody else, or is there a gap at all? I, I don't. I don't think it's that that far far of a gap. Uh, you know, I think it, it's gonna be interesting to see how the draft order you know shakes out. Uh, you know, Cade. Cade's interesting because you know he, he, he's so versatile. I mean, he essentially, could play play him four different positions, and so I mean, you kind of plug him into any roster, which which will make it easier for him. Uh, you know, to be the justifiable number one pick is, you know, any team could take him, uh, you know, Mobley, Mobley's right there. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm open to the argument that, that Mobley should be number one. I'm, I'm not saying uh, that's, that's where I'm at, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Did that, did last night's game or this tournament kind of make you think more about that watching him over these games? I yeah, mean, and I'm also, and another thing is, I mean, Cade was good. I think people were very hard on Cade. And if you watched him throughout the whole year, you kind of realized towards the end of the season, he was probably the best player in college basketball. But I mean, he, he wasn't overly oppressive in the tournament. So does that have something to do with it? You know, I try not, from an evaluation standpoint, I try not to be too much, you know, do too much of like knee jerk reactions. You know, whether right, a guy right, plays right. really well or plays poorly. Right. You know, I think there's two ways of looking at the tournament games. You know, there's so much pressure on those games. They're so, it, it's so dramatic. Everybody's so emotional. And I feel like a lot of times, you know, guys will play really well with that additional adrenaline or play really poorly. I try not to go too hard one way or another. You know, I, I kind of want to see what a guy is every day, you know, and kind of evaluate him from that standpoint. Obviously, if a guy is able to kind of, you know, produce in the clutch, that, that's, that's certainly a positive thing. Uh, but, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't let it affect my evaluation too much. Anybody really raise their stock from what you've seen so far in the tournament? Um, you know, uh, our guy Grant Key just wrote an article on Chris Duarte, and uh, it's one of those things where we've been this high on him all year, uh, but it's, it's, it seems like it's finally catching up where everybody's getting on the same page with us, and he's done so well. Obviously, their team, you know, struggled a little bit last night, but I, I thought he was terrific. Uh, I mean, I think he's, you know, he's going to be 24, if I remember correctly, you know, at the time of the draft. So he's going to be one of the oldest, if, if not the oldest kid in the draft. I don't care. I think the kid, I think the kid's going to be a legit NBA player, and, uh, a probable first-round pick. Anybody you think, okay, so we have Suggs, we have Cade, we have Kaminga, not in any order. We have Green and we have Mobley, as most people would say that's the consensus top five. Is there any th scenario you could see somebody slipping in and who would that be? Probably not. Okay. Uh, I think the, the next grouping is, is pretty big too. I mean, you got guys like Scotty Barnes and James Booknight. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a pretty long list. I, I think they're behind that, that top five though. I, I'd be surprised to see anybody sneak in. Uh, I'm sure you paid heavy attention to the G League bubble. I mean, we've talked a bunch about Green and Kaminga on the pod. I'd like to hear more of your thoughts on Deshaun Nixon, Isaiah Todd, and what? how do you think their game will translate to the NBA level? 
you know, I've, I've watched both those kids uh, in, in different high school events. So I've been tracking them for a while. You know, Nick's, I've always liked Nick's. He, you know, he's a big guard, just a knack, knack, you know, to make plays, terrific play. But it kind of reminds me like a, you know, maybe like an Andre Miller type, you know, not, not overly athletic, but he's got game. Uh, the big concern with him is he's gained like 30 pounds in the last year. And uh, right. that's, you know, I, I, from what I understand, his, his mom is Samoan. So I think he's got the genes that, you know, be a big kid. Um, I'm, I'm a little concerned concerned with that, you know, an 18 year old, you know, adding that much weight, especially at, at the point guard position. You know I mean? I, I don't know if we want to, you know, six, five, 240 pound point guard. That's yeah. not, not overly quick, but especially in 2021, right? right. Like you right. Know. that, you know, I like his game and I'm intrigued. I, I, I want to do some more digging on that. Like how, how much of an issue is that or not? Um, Isaiah Todd is an, he's a very intriguing player. Um, I, I was a little concerned with him in high school stuff. You know, he didn't really know what he was on the floor. Um, you know, 6'10 guy that's got all the tools. I think he wanted to be a three rather than being like a modern four. It seemed like the G League, it, it really helped him getting some, you know, NBA level coaching, uh, did a good job of kind of showing maybe, maybe this guy could be the versatile stretch four. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, the pre-draft process is going to be critical for him. Uh, he, he's a guy that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we kind of gradually keep moving him up. Um, but, you know, jury's still out to a certain extent. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see VCU play. I am actually really high on Bones Highland and his game. Uh, what type of role would you see for him in the at the NBA level? I mean, he's, he's got to be a green light score. He, you know, I, he's kind of one of these guys. He's in a point guard's body, but he's he's a he's off ball scorer. Uh, that, that's a little bit what's held me back on him. Just you know, I think he's they listen what six three one sixty five. Yeah, he's so he's not you know definitely not a prototypical you know two guard from a physical standpoint. Uh, but he's got a knack to put the ball in the hole. I mean, he can just like flat out score. And so, right. I mean, I, I can with see some him range too, with some yeah, range. deep, yeah. deep, deep range. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think the role I can, I can see with him is maybe being, being a guard off the bench where you give him the full green light, like, Hey, hey, hey do you, and just get, get some buckets, you know, instant offense type, type guy uh, plays with a nice pace. I, I, I do like him. Yeah, me too. Me too, for sure. One, one of my sleepers, um, international prospects, Josh Giddy. Uh, he's really interesting. Great feel for the game. You know, he comes from Australia's NBL league, which uh, everybody's familiar with because of LaMelo Ball and uh, RJ Hampton. What do you like about his game? What do you see his role will be? And where do you think he'll land in the draft? Yeah, I actually uh, spoke with Josh last week. I did a Q&A uh, on basketball news with him. And uh, first of all, great kid. Uh, you know, he seems very mature for, for an 18-year-old. Uh, you know, grew. I think part of it, he grew up at both of his parents were professional players in Australia. That always uh, so helps. I mean, just kind of getting the in-house sort of training and coaching, I think, uh, has done him wonders. And, um, you know, versatility is the key word with him. I mean, he's 6'8". They, they play him primarily as a point guard. Uh, he's ambidextrous, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, you know, and he's a guy long-term. I can see him playing the one, two, three, and, and maybe even some small ball four. Kind of the, in the same conversation, you know, with, with Cade. And, 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 you know, not saying he's that same level of a prospect, uh, but the versatility is really there. Um, yeah, I think he. I think right now we've got him as like a late first round pick. You know, he, he's he's definitely one that we're gonna you know, keep keep a close eye on, and uh, I think he's a very legitimate prospect. So, how many other prospects would you say at, internationally that'll go first round? Uh, first round, um, you know, I think Sengun from Turkey is probably gonna get some consideration. Uh, uh, Perkachin. Um, I think he, he's first round, you know, possibility. And then uh, Uzman Garuba, you know, is playing in Spain. Uh, I think those are the top guys. A couple of big guys, too. Huck Porty, who's playing in uh, Lithuania. Uh, and, and, and Baji, another guy playing in Spain. Uh, I think that's probably, like, the cream of the crop. Do, does Luka Doncic's success, you think, help 
players at the, at the international level, maybe get them a little push draft night or in general. Yeah, in sure. I mean, it's, you know, Luca's one of one, I think, you know, it's hard, yeah, it's hard to compare. I mean, it, it comes up quite definitely. a bit of like, you know, guys that are doing well internationally. I think it did help Denny though. I think yeah. it helped Denny's draft. Style. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, you know, it's sort of, the, you know, with, with Giddy, um, you know, he, he's been very productive for his team in Australia with Adelaide 36ers. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have talked about LaMelo Ball last year, you know, a big point guard playmaker. A lot of people in Australia are comparing Giddy uh, to Ball, big point guard that, that's really, you know, you know, uh, you know, good at making like high level reads, you know, stuff like that. And so I think sort of the same, same idea of, you know, Luca having success in the EuroLeague and how it translated. The same thing with LaMelo can be said as well. I wanted to look ahead to the 2022 draft. Would you have a top five for me offhand? Oh, top five. Um, I mean, I will say Chet Holmgren. <laughs> that kid, yeah. That yeah, kid's off the hook. I mean, he, he is so good. It's, I mean, you I mean you've been following him for a while. Did you see this trajectory from, like, you know, when he was that tall, skinny kid blocking shots? You know, he was playing in Slam at that Rucker Park tournament, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I saw him a number of times at uh, USA Basketball mini camps, and uh, I liked him. I, I, didn't, I didn't see him being this guy that we thought, you know, could possibly be a, a, a superstar. Um, but I did, I went to, uh, Phoenix and I believe it was in November, maybe, um, for a Pango's all American camp and okay. he and Paulo Banchero were off the hook. I mean, both, both those guys are going to be high, high picks. I I'd say, I'd say Chet Holmgren is, is probably the guy. Um, I, I think, uh, Jabari Smith is going to Auburn. I think he's, he's really good. Um, but yeah, there, there's some good high school players coming up. Uh, is Amani Bates the real deal? Yes, talent-wise. I mean, I went and saw him at a tournament in Dayton recently. Um, you know, a lot of people have drawn comparisons to him to uh, Kevin Durant, and I see it. I mean, the kid's, you know, 6'9", uh, you know, terrific ball handler, shot maker with, with endless range. I mean, the closest thing from a, from a tool standpoint that I've ever seen to Durant, I, I don't know if he's going to be that good or not. I mean, I think time will tell, uh, but he, he's very, very intriguing. Matt, I wanted to end it with this. Um, you were an agent your favorite things about the business and maybe your not so favorite things about the business. You know, my, my favorite things in the business was, you know, the, the relationships that, that, you know, that, that you create with, with, with players and, and parents and whatnot, where, where you recruit them and you lay out a plan. And when everybody kind of does their part and it works, uh, you know, when you get the big deal or a player finds success by, by following your lead, that, that was very rewarding. Uh, the, the negative, the, the main negatives of, of the business is, is just what's, you know, well, well known as far as how, how crooked the business can be and, and cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the amount of stress I, I, I had to deal with as an agent just, it, it really just wore me down over time. And um, I, I got to say, I'm, I'm really happy doing, doing what I'm doing. The media life is more fun. Yeah, not, not, not quite as stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, great stuff. Hope to, hope to have you back on. You're always welcome back on the show. And where can we find you? And tell us a little bit more about basketball news and anywhere else we can find you. Yeah, we find me at basketballnews.com. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm on Twitter, Matt Babcock11, uh, same, same uh, handle on, on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be, you know, pumping out a ton of you know, draft content. And, and one thing that we're doing differently at Basketball News is, uh, you know, I propose a, a, a vision to them uh, of, you know, let's, let's spread our wings. And so we're doing high school coverage. We're going to, you know, boost up our international coverage and, and sort of just, you know, scouting across the board. And so we've got a great group of guys, you know, helping me and, uh, you know, yeah, check, check out our stuff. Thanks so much, Matt. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Combo, my man. Yes, sir. There it is. Episode 254 is in the books. Big thanks to Matt for joining in. We appreciate you. Go check out Matt's work at basketballnews.com. 
Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and if you haven't already, punch down on that subscribe button. If you would like to support the podcast even further, check out the Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description for that. Be on the lookout for episode 255. Combo out.